Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. .georgetown.edu slash podcast Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We shed a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game Let's go Kobe Sorrento With Michael Sorrento And Crawley Sorrento and the lovable loser Sorrento With Michael Sorrento And Crawley Sorrento and the lovable losers Sorrento I hope you like advertising because you're about to hear a lot of ads because this is the ad-ridden version of the Sunranto show. But if you don't like ads and you think they waste your time like I think they waste your time, well, then uh, you should subscribe at patreon.com slash Sunranto for as little as a dollar a month. And uh, what do you get? Well, you get an ad-free earlier version. This was recorded uh, sometime in the middle of last week. And uh, you're getting it now, five days later. Uh, You get uh, separate detailed preview episodes in your own RSS feed in the patreon.com slash sunranto. You can copy and paste that into any podcatcher. You get our show notes all about the pitching matchups and what's going on with the Cubs opponents. You get to join the Sunranto Super Ranters page where we have uh, post-show and post-game discussions sometimes. Uh, at the $5 level, you get all the Cubs music that I write in HQ downloads. 
right, sent right to your RSS feed. You get the ranter calendar at ten bucks, uh, and your name gets shown as a super ranter on the, at the end of our shows. And plus, ten percent of the money goes to the Lost Boys program, where we're helping kids play baseball in Chicago and building our community up. So, uh, here's my final plea. If you would buy us a beer for doing this show, each one of us, that's $3 a month. So that would buy us one beer at Wrigley Fields each per year. And uh, that's all we ask of you to enjoy this high quality content. So please go to patreon.com slash sunranto and start helping us out before the year starts. Because we got we got bills, people. We got to pay for our stream yard. We got to pay for our events and hosting and advertising and tickets and beer. Um, batteries, microphones, headphones, it, it, you know, I will not go on because it's time to start the show. But patreon.com slash sunranto, please do it. You don't want to listen to ads. There are at least eight in this show. So enjoy that. Um, patreon.com slash sunranto, no ads. And you already would have heard this. All right. Here's the show. When Irish eyes are smiling, something, something in their face. Hey, oh, you didn't, you didn't go with Oh Danny Boy. Come oh, on, Danny Boy. No, that's for the end of the show to make everybody oh, okay. cry. Welcome to the Sunranto Show. Uh, this is a special hour-long episode of the Sunranto Show because it's a pregame, and so we're gonna move through things really quickly. I'm Danny Rocket. We got Michael Cotton, Cub X3, right over to my, uh, my I guess your right, my left. <laughs> Not really. Uh, well, you're in Iowa. And uh, and Crawley, creepy Crawley, hiding under rocks, living in a tree. Uh, how you guys doing? Happy St. Patty's Day. What are you guys drinking? You Do you have a – I'm drinking a Guinness. I'm not a beer drinker, but I got one. Yeah, I've, I've also – I ran out and grabbed some Guinness. Had my, uh, my corned beef and cabbage today, uh, but – other than that, you know, it's a dull St. Patrick's Day all alone. Yeah, it's raining here. Yeah. Are you drinking, Crawley, or are you uh, teetotaling? I almost forgot we had a show until my phone noted, notified me. I got two drinks for you. I got I got a whiskey, <laughs> too, so I'll double fist for you. I would gladly pour you a glass, but you're in the burbs, and I'm in Chicago. So, Well, here, here's the issue, and I was talking to Michael about this earlier is my since yesterday i have been mentally a mess the cubs have once again just wait, decided wait, wait. since yesterday since it's yeah. been longer since yes than yesterday well it was started yesterday okay well i've noticed a little bit longer that you've been a mess mentally <laughs> i'm just kidding i mean i'm talking six seven years at least you know well I, actually we we have video proof that it's been at least 14 years <laughs> <laughs> so no, tell, tell us all about it. I know you you got a you got a problem right now. I got a problem, people here, and this is my problem. And and I know there may be you know members of the Cubs watching, and I have nothing to hide, man. It, it's it's going to be wide open here. But um, we found out last week that we were going to be getting an email on Tuesday, letting us know how opening day was going to work. Okay. For those of you not familiar with the way that it works, is there there are full season ticket package, which is an eighty one game package. I am a combo plan. I started in two thousand four. Actually, I started in two thousand one, and that got my own tickets in my own name in oh four. And um, that's nights, holidays, opening days, and weekends. So right now, it adds up to about sixty one games. And the Cubs do not like people. We're grandfathered into that ticket package, and they don't like us. They want us to be full season. 
Yeah. And so they've been trying to drive us out for a while now, and I've seen the direction they've been pushing. But I, no offense, I don't know a lot of people that want to hit a Wednesday game at 1 p.m. in April. It's just <clears> – <throat> You know, it's hard to sell those. Well, there, there are a few of us that, that go to those, but... Uh, yes, and you, and you pay $2 for them, and then we're left holding the bag. Yeah, well, I, I believe those are the degenerates that Lee Elia spoke of in his infamous rant. The, the yeah, the five motherfuckers that come out here. <laughs> that, right. That's me! <laughs> so the point is, is that I've seen how this is going with different things, and I, I contacted my rep, and I contacted people at the Cubs, and I said, guys, look, I get what you're trying to do, but there are a lot of loyal fans that have stuck with you through thick and thin i get like you want everyone to be full season and they're like well we're doing a combination of seniority and plan and it was all a bunch of bullshit anybody that's got the combo plan was basically shoved to the end of the line so i'm not going to make it all about me but i am going to introduce you to a friend of mine if you guys have seen me at CubsCon. This is a friend of mine in Georgia that I met about 20 years ago at CubsCon. She's the sweetest little old lady, and we just kind of took to taking care of her because she goes by herself. Her husband sits at the bar, hangs out. She, he doesn't like going to the – sitting at the things. So if you've ever been at CubsCon, there's a lot of tramp, like trampling and stampedes, and we watch out for her. That's our job is to take care of her. She's had season tickets since 1991. Now, if you were a Cubs fan in the 90s, it sucked. You had 98. But the rest of the decade was a bunch of horseshit. And I can go on that a different day. But Georgia's had her tickets, what are we talking about, 31 years? Okay, so we got our times. Anybody that was a combo person, except for people that were there 30 years or longer like Georgia, anyone that was combo gets the last slot of the day, which is 3 o'clock. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. And the tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online Because it's the place to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. So get that done and go buy some darn sneakers at ebay.com slash sneakers. We thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto show. Yeah, Georgia. and the tickets will be gone. And, and, you know, it'll be like the old days when tickets would go on sale at 9 a.m. at this time, and you'd sit there in the virtual waiting room, pressing refresh over and over again, and you'd end up, you know, not getting any of the games or the seats that you wanted. And that's how it used to be. Now they raise the prices so high 
that it's not really like that anymore. The Cubs are actually ruining demand for their right. tickets because people are like, well, God, to bring my family of five, it's going to be $700 just in tickets to sit in the upper deck. And people are not about that as much anymore. You know, they don't so have the my, money. So my time is 3 p.m. I called Georgia up, you know, and I kind of help her out because she doesn't do all the email. And I, I know I kind of know this stuff. So I kind of help her navigate through that stuff. And I'm like, what time did you get? She said 2 p.m. I'm like, fuck, 31 years. And you're going at 2 p.m. So the Cubs made a mistake. They created a Facebook page for season ticket holders, which makes the ranters sound like a bunch of nuns. <laughs> you want to hear about a bunch of pissed off people. Join the Cubs. You can't. It's a private group. But it's but here's the thing that got me completely off whack. This person's in their second season and they're going at 130. Mm. Uh they this person's here had been there four seasons. Same time slot. Season five, same time slot, 130. Season seven, got 230. And then again, it's full season. So if you got full season, you're going before Georgia, who's been going since 1990. But, but, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, was there any kind of a lottery? I don't know. Was there a lottery involved or was it just some algorithm that they made up? Basically, it's off your plan and seniority. Okay. And how much you spend, basically. How, who has the nicer seats, right? All right. So full season, nicer seats are going to be going at 10 in the morning. Then they'll go the full season, not nice tea seats, and they'll keep moving that. It doesn't get till Georgia to the combos. The latest, the, the longest tenured combos don't go until 2 o'clock. Yeah, and this I is just know. to get – this is just to buy – because you have – we should be clear. This is just to – you already have money in, in the kitty. You have forty five hundred dollars per ticket with the Cubs or something like that, four grand per ticket, and it's already there. And this is your opportunity to buy tickets with that money for the season. This is you get they refunded you April, or you could have done credits. So they're going to refund you by month, okay? And so basically, you you basically are just being given a shot to try to get tickets. But they're going to be dropping these tickets in like buckets, so to speak. So, okay, 9 o'clock's done. Here comes 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock's done. So you basically are just not going – like if you're somebody like Georgia or I who's a combo plan, you're not getting opening day tickets. Yeah, well, does it surprise you at all that they would fuck this up and piss off just about everybody? <laughs> I mean, I bet you the guy who just got his tickets would be like, well, I'd understand that I'm last. But, like, the person that was 30 years in wouldn't really understand it. You wouldn't under, you obviously don't understand, you know, how you ended up back there. But, um, I mean, does it, it doesn't surprise me that they fuck this up. You know, I, they I fuck I, up everything. I, Every I, single I, thing. This isn't a fuck up. This is intentional. If it's a fuck up, I'd be like, oh, they fucked up. They didn't. This is intentionally done to, to try to push us out into full season. So next year they're going to bring this shit up and try to get us to do 81 games. Is it only about opening day? Um, yeah, it's, it's not a, just opening day. It's just a matter of the way that we've been treated, kind of like second-class citizens, like somebody that's been here two years. They've never even seen a losing Cub season. When you're talking about people that have been there 20, 30 years – that have sat through thick and thin, good and bad, from the World Series to multiple hundred lost seasons, that should count for something. That should have figured into the equation, and it didn't at all. It all came down to money and full season. Well, Whoa, see, oh, surprise, surprise. The Ricketts, it came down to money? <laughs> I, oh I, I, 
<laughs> somebody's somebody shack pony express well well let's let's get into this then i mean it, money okay there's n- barely any cubs news they sent down a bunch of guys that you expected them to send down to my they went to minor league camp which means i guess home right now i don't know if there is a minor league camp uh but uh the, there is contract talk and the only contract talk is they're going to continue to talk um with javi only uh, Javi said, I will continue to negotiate with you. Not that he's doing it. It's his agent. He'll continue to negotiate through the season. Uh, Rizzo gave him, a, gave him a deadline. And KB, they're not even talking to. And apparently KB had a broken wrist last year. So maybe that's not why they're not talking yeah, to him. Yeah, that came out in uh, – I, I heard it at least on the Cubs Talk podcast. Uh, Gordon Whitmire had an interview with him. And they were talking about how he had a he had a uh, – an impact fracture or a stress fracture in that wrist uh, to go along with the pain that he had already had in the finger. And, uh, you know, which goes to Danny, what you always say, get him out of the outfield because he fucking hurts himself. Yeah, Crawley says that more than me, but. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, I don't know. It's They don't have any interest in bringing him back at all. Like Friend of the show, KFID, tweeted about it last year. Okay, Kevin. Kevin tweeted about it last year that he was in bad shape. I don't understand why we keep talking about this with the Cubs and their medical staff. Is that if he's got a fractured wrist, why is he in in the lineup? I, I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't. You know, maybe they think it's not going to hurt his career any. Fine, but it wasn't helping the team. Right. It's not helping the team. It's not helping him. Um, all. I mean. I don't know. It's it, but it's the same thing. It goes back to Rizzo with that broken ankle. Uh, you know that he or you know torn ligament, whatever the hell yeah, he had. His, his ankle looked like a murder scene. Yeah, and they, and, ha- and they let him play, and that is just like, dude, this guy is your basically your best hitter. It has yeah. been for years and years and years, and you're going to let him go out there and possibly risk permanent damage. To his ankle when it looks like it's been put through a meat grinder. Are you kidding me? Stupid. And then we saw, you know, Addison Russell had that concussion. And they, I mean, clearly had a concussion. They sent him back out there. Uh, Javi's played through some stuff. Uh, These guys, just over and over and over, this medical issue keeps popping up. And, you know, and KB has had it, you know, a couple of times. I'll say this. I'll say this and, and, and. I will, I will say, and, I, and I've gone on record on this show saying this, I think that Chris Bryant, if I had to sign one guy, would be the guy I would sign right now to an extension. I, I, I You know, Rizzo, like I said, is getting a little bit older. I've said that. Um, getting? <laughs> the dude's almost getting Social Security so old. He can't even sleep on a bed in Cincinnati without throwing out his back. There are <laughs> issues that – there's issues with Javi that – because he's fun to watch, and he is. He's a great player, and he's fun to watch, and he has instincts like nobody else. Um, he gets a pass on a lot of things that other players wouldn't. Like, I could never imagine Chris Bryant being like, yeah, I came and I wasn't prepared for games and stuff. Like, like stuff like that, that, that just – there are certain things that get me nervous about Javi where, where – I don't want to say Sammy Sosa-esque, but – kind of a little bit to that degree is I think that KB is about a hard as worker as you can get. I think he has had injury problems and, and that's something that you, you know, it's difficult. I don't know if he's going to continue to have, 
continue to have injury problems or I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. We haven't seen him stay healthy. When he's healthy, I think he's the best there is right now. Well, it's all about, as we said, it's all about the money. So if Javi, who's already been shown to take less money than we think he's probably been worth in the past, Rizzo, the same thing, has taken less money than he has been worth this entire time. Um, KB has gotten paid handsomely this entire time as he's rolled through the, uh, you know, being eligible for arbitration and going through all that. So if KB's looking for, you know, that quote unquote $250 million contract that Dave Kaplan offered him, uh, back in the day, uh, but then, then I don't know if he takes that, you know, depending on the opt outs and all that stuff. If Javi's just like, listen, I want to be a cub. I love Chicago. My family likes Chicago. I want to. I want to be here, Rizzo. I love way to beef. I'm going to stick around. I would. I would eat as many way to beefs as I can. I want to live in Chicago, and then they're willing to take less. I think you do that, and you do that extension. I don't. You know, I think it is the money that's holding this whole thing up. You know. Oh like, yeah, and and I think I honestly. So out of these guys, Rizzo with that deadline, I I don't think Rizzo is coming back because of that deadline. Because he's put a deadline on it. He said, uh, I. I kind of feel like he's just done with it. I think he's done with it. They, he knows he should have gotten a fucking contract already. I mean, everybody's like, oh, well, we have all spring to talk about the contract. Well, you had all winter as well, right? Like, you didn't have to wait until fucking spring training to talk to him about his contract. You could have talked to him at any time and signed that at any time. Same well, with that, Hobby. I don't know it, about that because there was no clarity financially because Rickett Spack wasn't out yet. He hadn't gotten any investments. But you know what I mean. I mean, you could have – they could have had these conversations and started this. And, you know, Rizzo keeps saying he's optimistic, optimistic, but it doesn't sound like anything is moving close enough to talk about – like they're in the final stages. So well, the, I'm, uh, the other thing is you got to consider too with this whole thing. They're it, they've got a lot of shortstops in the in the pipeline. Okay, you you just drafted Ed Howard. He's a shortstop. You got Reginald Preciado. There's another dude that came out of that trade. I uh, forget his name, but he uh, Yeeson Yeeson Santana or something like that. He right. he came out of there. You got shortstops up the wazoo. Some of them are going to end up in center well, field. The, Some the, are going to the international free agent Christian. Uh, yeah, yeah, Christian Hernandez, right? Hernandez. Is that the, yeah. Do I have that right? Um, so, right, but Javi is also your best uh, third base. I was just going to well. Jim, Jim so, Canavan is bringing it up right now to play third base. Yes, and uh, another th- thing from the chat right now um, is Cubby Steph saying, "What about Wilson?" I think that Wilson. You know, I don't think he's even the conversation because you don't even know what next year looks like, and you got two years on Wilson. Yeah, you know, because he's under control this whole year. They don't have to talk to him. And, they won't also, lose him at the end of the year. And also, you got another catcher. You yeah. you know, you got catchers in the system too. You got shortstops and you got catchers. Well, but, and um, Javi, Javi might be more willing. Why he's a little more willing to let this go on into the year, and might be more willing to take a little bit less, is because there are a lot of shortstops hitting the free agency this year. Yeah. Right, he's not going to go out there alone and be the top dog. He's going to go out there with like three or four other guys and they're all comparable. They're great young, you know, shortstops in this game that anybody would love to have. And that's actually going to, you know, having more drives that price down. So if he can stick around with the Cubs and not have to go through that, I could see him taking a little less. And that's why his contract talks are going to stay open. I think because it's not going to be as beneficial for him to hit the free agency. 
I agree. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, Carl, you brought a really interesting article to um, our, our uh, attention today. You texted it over to Michael and I from uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, Tom Verducci wrote this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to drop a link in the chat. Oh, there's it. <laughs> I just dropped the link. <laughs> That's got to be a joke. I need a fart sound to go with that. I think eventually. Um, oh, right. Because that would make it better. Drop <laughs> <laughs> it in the toilet. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, just just like the Padres uniforms, which uh, we'll get to. Uh, that's how we're going to end this show with, with some Padre hatred. I promise, Padre hatred. I'm going to give you Padre hatred, but first, let's give you some Rob Manfred hatred. Um, Crowley, t- talk to me. Why did you send us this? Uh, well, it's not actually. It's not Rob Manfred hatred. To be honest with you, I mean, I have plenty of hatred for Rob Manfred. I'm sorry, Crowley. It's always Rob Manfred hatred. I, I will article, disagree with you. The article is <laughs> written by Tom Verducci. Everybody and their brother had a Cubs 2016 book. If someone told me, and I have them all, but if somebody told me, which book do you want to read? You want to read The Cubs Way by Tom Verducci. He's one of my favorite baseball writers. But here's the thing. Baseball has a pace of play problem. The games are boring. I grew up a baseball fan in the 80s and 90s. And I hate to kind of say back in my day, but the game right now, and Theo alluded to it in his final press conference the game has gotten boring. It's not, there's not a lot of action. And so the article kind of breaks down just how long between pitches, how many balls are put in play. Sometimes there are more pitchers. I mean, just the amount of pitchers that come into a game, especially a postseason game, you may see nine, 10 pitching changes in a game. It's just, it's not the game that we grew up with. And so until somebody starts to say, look, we need to look at this. It, it, it's, you know, we have to do something to fix the game because kids are tuning out. Well, I can fix I can fix what you were just talking about. The pitching changes, you bring back the bullpen cart. Those are entertaining. They look like little baseballs. Sometimes they look like a mitt. Sometimes the mascots chasing them or something like that. Sometimes they, you know, they they stall on the field and the, the ground crew's got to come out. It's very entertaining. So, well, you know, it's it's if you've ever gone to a game, it's it's just like. It's like basketball. You ever watch the final two minutes of a basketball game? It drags on forever and completely disrupts the momentum of a game. I think it's the only good part of a basketball game. Oh, they just run oh, back and forth for like three, oh, two hours. Oh, and then, oh, and then, oh, it, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, then at the oh. end, oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not a basketball fan. So, uh, so I, you know, I'm the wrong person to talk to about that. But, uh, yeah, here's the uh, – they're trying to speed up, not – I mean, let me give you some stats. The average game is three hours and seven minutes. Now, to me, I'm just kind of like, yeah, three hours, seven minutes. I went down to Wrigley. Game was three hours long, blah, blah, blah. No problem. But you forget that back in the, in the 80s, it was more like 240, 245 on average. And that's not – and granted, you got a couple more commercials. But, you know, it's dudes stepping out of the box, adjusting the gloves. So they're trying to fix some of that, stay in the box. That You know, that there's no pitch clock yet. Uh, but the pitchers are taking way longer now. 2.7 extra seconds between pitches last year. And obviously there's at least uh, 140 pitches on each team uh, per game. There's more pitches in general because they're just trying to be so fine. They're like, oh, I'm going to start them out with a slider outside. And then I'm going to pitch down and in. Then I'm going to, because I got this huge arsenal. Pitchers are way better than they used to be. So they're taking all this time. You Darvish, by the way, is one of the biggest offenders. Verducci pointed out, um, when he joined in in uh, MLB in 2012, he threw a pitch every 25.4 seconds. 
Now it's uh, 29.4, so four seconds longer. If he's going to do 100 pitches, that's 400 seconds. You've just added 400 divided by 60, whatever the hell that is, six, seven minutes. So, And and it's not six, seven. It's six, seven minutes of dead time of nothing happening. And and, and so the issue that you're looking at here is you add up all this dead time, then you add up all the strikeouts, and the ball's not put in play. You get these pitchers that come in, and they're throwing 100 that nobody can touch. They're not even good pitchers. They're just throwers. They just – they just huck the ball at like an unbelievable rate of speed. And it's just absolutely, like I said, if you've ever gone to a game, especially like six, seven inning and everybody's at least now they have the three batter minimum, which some people don't like, but it was just getting to the point where sometimes I would see two to three pitching changes, maybe four in a single inning. Like you don't know how boring that is. If you're, especially if you're sitting at the game, if you're at home and you can change the channel, go to the bathroom, you know, whatever, that's one thing. But if you, you, you sit there and there's nothing happening, Lucinda says, I don't mind the longer game. Here's the thing, Lucinda, I don't mind the longer game when things are happening. I don't like sitting there watching it when there's zero action. And that's what the problem is. You telling me, I grew up in the 80s. I remember Bobby Dernier and Ryan Sandberg is the daily double. We're going to talk about 1984. I remember Willie McGee on those Cardinal teams running around and guys were always moving and it was always action packed. This is boring. Strikeouts are boring. Home runs are boring. Ask the most exciting place. Well, and that's, but that's not only on the pitchers. The pitchers are taking a little too long to get moving on a lot of that stuff. But then also, it's the, it's the launch angle change. Like they're just like, well, I would rather strike out because I have a chance of hitting a home run, of scoring from home rather than just putting a ball in play, getting on base or whatever, because you get on base. And the managers won't let anybody run, you know, because they don't want anybody stealing bases because they think that, well, the guy at the plate can hit a home run. They all hit home runs now. They all have the launch angle. They all understand this. So if you're standing on first, you can score with a home run. That's what's, two what's, runs what's rather the, than letting run. What's the department that they have now on, on most teams? It's like such a 1984 name, like the Department of Run prevention and then they've also got oh, the yeah. scoring one they got the, the <laughs> department point, you're talking about launch angle and the cubs were one of the big guys to jump on that thing and what did they figure out high fastballs yeah okay. mm-hmm. well and that's it and isn't it always a game of adjustments like i i feel like the, the difference let me go back to what you were saying in the 80s i think what was interesting about the teams in the eighties is that you had like a team like the Cardinals who was, who were known for their, their speed and they stole a lot of bases and that was their team. And then you had the Cubs who had a couple more home run hitters and you had guys that could hit 20 a year, which back then was a lot. Uh, and then, and then you had, I mean, the Mets who just had all that pitching and stuff and they were like the bad boys and every team kind of had their own vibe and guys didn't move around as much in free agency. Uh, which is a you know say what you want about that being good or bad that's usually bad for the players and their contracts but but it made for teams with interesting dynamics and they could all win in different ways and now it's all the same everybody it, just doing the goddamn same thing and it's and it's just like well all right well I guess well, a, the, a big the part numbers. of that is a big part of that is not even the players it's the front it's offices the front offices it's not the front that office. are, they're the ones that are moving around right because. You know, Theo Epstein's in uh, in Boston, and he's got something figured out. He he ends up leaving Boston because he's not working there or whatever. He comes to, you know, 
Chicago and they're doing the same thing. And when these guys are moving around, uh, Jed was in San Diego. These guys move around. Everybody's got access to the same thing. They hear, oh, you got a pitch lab? I'm going to create a pitch lab. You've got hit lab? We need a hit lab. They all do these same things. And it's, and I'm not an anti analytic guy. I like to know what a lot of these numbers mean and stuff like that. But it's when those things became so prevalent, every team started to do it. And that took away the identity of individual teams and just made one large beige fucking league. <laughs> and the other thing is, is Dominic Ayaro brings up here that they're going to be doing a lot of things. And Theo Epstein, remember, he got that MLB uh, job where he's working for MLB now. And him and along with another player, I can't remember the player who, who they mentioned in the article, are working on some of these solutions. So Theo created Frankenstein's monster. I mean, he is Frankenstein. He's Dr. Frankenstein, and now he's trying to fix it because Theo was a big part of this analytic stuff. And I'll tell you something. If, you know, with the shift, it's like I said, it's just like killing the game. It's like how many times do you see a ball up the middle that when we were kids was a single? Oh, there you oh, Nope. Second yeah. base. I know. I still do that. I, I cheer. I cheer <laughs> I for balls. Not like, yeah. Yeah. I know because it's just like it's in great. Put, put back up Dominic, Dominic's oh. uh, quote real quick, will you? If it's still there, he says eliminating the shift in the minor leagues this year, which is one of the things that they're going to try to do. I don't think it's at all levels. I think it's just in double A and I'll, I'll read it a. because I've got it here in double in A infielders must be positioned with both feet in the infield dirt. No longer will you see the second baseman stationed in right field, like against the left-handed hitter, where they stand out there in short center field, short right field, and they basically have two right fielders, um, it, it, or the shortstop in shallow center, which then he moves over to. MLB announced it may require that two infielders to be positioned on either side of second base um, in the second half of the double A season. So they're gonna right try because you this can first still, and you yeah. can shift as long as you're on dirt. Like yeah. you just can't shift into the outfield and have that that mid range outfielder. Well, like it's going to be half and half. Do. The first half of the season, you have to be on the dirt. The second half, you have to be on your designated side of second base. Well, it's just stupid. Right. Just like, why don't you just give that to a different league if you're going to be experimenting? Get, all right, you guys try this. We'll try this. We'll see what we want to do more. Why did you're going to make them play one way in the first half of the season, another half in the second? Where are they, guinea pigs? Dominic brings up another point. Same with pickoff moves. Three moves. If the third move doesn't work, it's a balk. So they're trying to encourage base stealing as well so that they're not throwing over all the time, which kind of makes me sad because one of my favorite things to do is when the opposing pitcher throws over to first base like 900 times and on the maybe the maybe even the second one. Oh, like, the second uh, time. The first if you one, throw maybe. twice, you're getting booed. You're getting booed if you throw twice. And I love yeah. doing that. It's one of my now, favorite things to do as a fan. They're also going to be increasing the size of the bases. To try to encourage more stolen bases. I, I love that. Like, if I give you an extra three inches, you'll know it. But you're not going to see that shit on the base pass. Nobody's going to even understand what that extra three inches is giving them. That's what she said. Now, um, <laughs> but what's going, to, what's going to end up happening, like I said, is they're doing that. They're doing other things, but... But it's going to make a difference. I'm sure that they looked at the numbers and they said that's the difference that a lot of these guys will be more encouraged to take the risk if you have that opportunity. <laughs> if you have three inches. Yeah. I don't know. If you have I, three I, inches, it could be, but, but could be like, a much better I thing mean, for you. But, right? I guess, hey, if you think about it, 
if I had an extra three inches, I'd be way more confident. To not go too much into this, but you're talking three inches at first and three inches at second. So that's now a six inch difference. Well, you don't stand on first though. Right, but you, you, know, you lead off. That you, that you first doesn't off. make any difference. You still have a little bit more space to lead off on now. It, it, well, you see how close some of these tags are when they do the challenge place. It's going to make a difference. I think it will. And uh, but yeah, I think- the, then there will be really no point to throw over because they get the three inches that they weren't getting before. They're never going to get anybody on a on a pickoff. I, I think the biggest thing that would change the game, the biggest thing, especially for left-handed hitters is you ban the shift. Now, I think that that sucks because I love the idea that you got nine guys and you can put them wherever the hell you want to 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 battle against the other team and what their strengths are. So you find or their weaknesses are and you find out what those are, you find out where this guy hits it and they know. They're like you throw him a, a slider on the outside and then you have to execute that and then he he will hit it here and then that will happen you know, 63.2% of the time. And, you know, they know this stuff. Everybody says, oh, just bunt into, just bunt away, go opposite field. This ball's coming in a hundred miles an hour. You're not just bunting a hundred mile per hour pitch exactly where you want it. That's not how that works. So I understand that they are reacting to the capabilities of these players. Other sports have positioning rules about where you can be offsides. Uh, you know, you can't goaltend in basketball. It, there's certain, there's certain things you can't do. Unfortunately, what I hate about a lot of those other sports is the minutia of the rules and it makes it less fun to watch. Whereas like, so this could get that way. Like, oh, if I'm, uh, if I'm at shortstop and I, I can't shift, but as soon as the pitcher throws the ball, I can start running over to the other side of the base, uh, you know, right. just to try, you know, I'm going to be. And I think that'll still make it interesting because now he has to move and the ball's moving. There's a lot more chance that something can happen rather than you being stationary right there. Okay. I think that's more exciting. Okay. So I was listening to the compound Ian Hap's uh, podcast. Danny, you turned me on to that I'm, one about I'm this. I'm a convert. I, I didn't like this. that show at first. And now I, I really enjoy it. I think Dakota Meccas is hilarious and Ian Hap does a great job hosting. Yeah, and then also Zach, Zach Short, Short is good, on yeah. that. But they were talking about this today. Zach Short and uh, Mackis, they were not in favor of banning the shift. Hap did want to ban the shift. And here's the thing that I thought was interesting about the conversation. Mackis and Short say, I don't want you telling me I can't do this. And, uh, and Hap was saying, I don't want people – getting on my case because they shifted me over and I was three steps off of that spot when I was supposed to be over here. And he was kind of giving some examples of where that's happening. Well, guess what? They both have the exact same argument. Quit fucking telling the players what to do, right? When you walk out on that thing, ban the cards, right? Take the cards off of the uh, catcher's wrist, take the cards out of the pockets uh, and do not let the the number crunchers from the front office call down and tell them where to go. You can teach them this pregame. Talk to them what you want to do or whatever. But in the game, they have to figure that shit out, right? Let them figure it out because they're going to be less inclined to do that all the time. The only reason they're doing it is because the manager says, move over to position four. 
right? And when he says that, then they know where to go, and they don't have any responsibility anymore. I'm in position four. If they fucking bunt it down a line, that's not on me anymore. But if you make the players have to make that decision if they're going to move over there, I think it it just cuts down on where things are, and they have to remember that shit. And you're no longer dealing with the minutia. You're not dealing with the guy up in the fucking box saying, okay, move three feet more to the left, you know, move, move over here, move over there. Let the guys play the fucking game. The way they did in the eighties, no cards in their pockets, the advanced no, scouting bags of cocaine in their pockets. Bags of cocaine <laughs> that was, helped. That, that, was got a good, that was a hell of a game. What yeah. do you think the game was so fast? But, but Two hours guys, 40. Let's these, go. Let's play some baseball. These guys have been playing baseball forever. They know what they need to do when they get out there. Right? So, Advanced scouting needs to be in advance and just, not during. And, and and again, when we were growing up, the second baseman played to the right and the shortstop played to the left. It's just how it was. Yeah. And then yeah, somebody, but, somebody, but not always. They would move. They would move here and there bit, they wouldn't to go. help they, themselves out. They but would it, not be in right field, though. They were never no, in right field. Because – fucking Jim Fry would have lost his shit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I've already got a right fielder. I, I, guarantee you, I guarantee you that Rizzo would have been at more All-Star games. I think Schwarber's another guy that got absolutely killed by it. It's just absolutely... And again, why don't they just bunt? Well, do you think that little Anthony Rizzo, little Tony Rizzo, or little Kyle Schwarber, they spent a lot of time with them bunting? Whoever their little league coach is probably saying... Hit the damn ball. And Rizzo, I mean, he he smokes balls in the right, obviously, but he's one of the few guys that will choke up and do that thing and hit it the other way. And, you know, and I'm all for oppo hits. We've seen it. Um, Nico Horner. The Cubs are actually seem to be adjusting their approach slightly this uh, spring training and be like, all right, go with what you got. If they're going to pitch you inside, just go with it the other way. And, you know, and if you're going to, if, if they're going to throw you a bunch of high fastballs, well, then just knock that the other way. Cause you can do that with a high fastball. Like you can yeah. kind of, you know, j- just kind of pop it. And obviously you've got to get it up, but we don't see a lot of balls shooting through holes because they got that figured out about where you know, the ground ball thing, they got that figured out. Yeah, the other, the, if you remember from the videos I showed with Jed from the press conference when they were asking about the difference between Jock Peterson versus Kyle Schwarber, the Cubs, I think, were 28th in hitting high fastballs last year. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. And the tournament is here. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at Bet Online Because it's the place to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Sunranto Show is also brought to you by eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. 
As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. So get that done and go buy some darn sneakers at ebay.com slash sneakers. We thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto show. They were so found out. They were so exposed. And that's why that jock is actually pretty good at hitting high fastballs. And hopefully many others if we've seen the spring. Here's, here's the thing. Let them shift if they want. But the pitcher is forced to throw a fucking strike. If it's a ball, he gets first base. You got to throw that motherfucker down the middle. Down the middle and, and see and what he do can do with it. Challenge, right? But honestly, if they just enforce this pitch clock that they've been talking about forever, enforce the goddamn pitch clock on both the hitter and the pitcher, right? In there, ready to go in time. And if the, the hitter's not ready, automatic strike. The pitcher just has to throw the ball. And if uh, the pitcher isn't in his windup at the time, automatic ball, right? Do that shit because guess what? They're out there fucking thinking. They're talking. They're having goddamn conversations with people. With the, the pitchers having a conversation with the catcher that takes way too long because, A, the catcher's got to fucking look at his uh, got his thing on his arm, flip through three pages, find this hitter, find the count, find the shit. He's got to roll a, he's got to roll a 20 sided dice and then he's got to fucking figure it out. And then he, and then he yells out to the pitcher. The pitcher has his own fucking thing. He doesn't like that. So then he's got to go back through the whole fucking thing. Take that shit away. Right. Enforce the pitch clock. Now the pitcher gets up there. He's like, I have to throw a pitch right now. I have no idea what I'm going to throw because the fucking catcher's taking too long. The catcher doesn't know what I'm going to throw. Guess what? I got to put something in there. And, and then that helps the hitter as well. well because well, the hitter's so, actually going to get something. Guys, we're, we're talking a lot about 80s baseball. And that's the generation we all grew up in. And tonight, the Cubs play the Padres. And there has been a disturbing trend on Twitter. Supposedly, some quote-unquote Cub fans think it's okay to root for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I'm, I'm against this, Crawley. And, you know, um, it's, it, it, it's kind of breaking my heart because it makes me, A, feel old. Because I'm, you know, I am from the, I was 10 in 1984. You were eight. I believe Michael was like eight or nine or something like that. And it's just like, you, you know, when I think about the Padres, I think of some real assholes like uh, Steve Garvey. Of course, with his giant hairy forearms, and I think of uh, Eric Shaw, who uh, you know, in uh, the, he mowed us down. He was a hell of a pitcher, but he was also like a member of the John Freaking Birch Society, which is a, 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 t- a terrible right wing uh, kind of uh, you know fascist organization, and uh, you know d- just these crazy headhunters. They had such an asshole team; they didn't even get along with themselves. The Padres did, and here's the thing about 1984. And I'm glad I'm glad you moved on because I was I was sick of yelling about fucking the bullshit of uh, of uh, you know 
80s baseball versus now because what I enjoyed about back then was that was a family of a team. And you could tell that, you know, that 84 Cubs team, you had Dernier and uh, Matthews and Jody Davis and Leon Durham and Keith Moreland who called games for a few years on radio. Ron Say, Larry Boa, Ryan Sandberg. How could I forget him? Rick uh, Sutcliffe, Rick Yeah, Lee Smith, you know, and all these. And then, of course, you had Harry Carey calling the games, which just made that – and all-day games. This is four years before lights were put in. And so for – 10-year-old me who was like riding the bus with my Cub fan bus driver who let us who wanted to listen to the games. I shouldn't say let us. He wanted to hear the games, so he would put them over the loudspeaker. All the kids were into it. We were that was the year of Go Cubs Go. What a magical summer. And I can't even tell you how kind of like in 2016 when you're like, we can't lose. This is amazing. And then we ran into the Indians. We're like, oh, God, we might lose. You know, And then, but no, it still felt like, no, we're somehow going to pull this out. That's what 84 felt like back then. This was the first time in 40 years that the Cubs had even been in the postseason at all. My so this city, you can't even, it was nothing like 2016 in, in the excitement that you could have gotten out of it. You know, my dad was born in 1946, the year after the Cubs were last in the world series. He went his whole life from 1946 to 1984 without ever seeing the Cubs in the post scene. Not even basically not even close other than 69. And in 69, they nice. finished eight out. Nice. Nice. So, uh, what I want to say about 84 is it was it was a magical moment. And I know that if you weren't there, it wasn't magical for you. But I just want you to appreciate why some of us might ha- hate the Padres. And I thought I might do a little public service tonight and uh, and give you some information about it. Um, 84, Cubs went 96 and 65. Okay. Uh, it had the Sandberg game was in 84 when, you know, they're always battling the Cardinals. This is back when the Cubs were in the NL East. So there was only uh, one playoff series before the World Series. That was your NLCS, and that's obviously when we lost to the Padres. So um, now, Crawley, I want you to uh, clear up, because I know you know this, a misconception about the fact that the Cubs had only two home games despite having the better record than the Padres. And so people think that the Cubs got screwed out of home field advantage because of not having lights. Is that true? That's not true. It's not true. Everybody says that. Yeah. There was concern if they would have made it to the World Series. That was the concern, but it had nothing to do with the uh, NLCS. Yeah, they did have the best record. They had the better record, but in the NLCS, those games switch back and forth every year between East and West because there was only the two divisions. And so – the home team, it, it was kind of like how the fucking, uh, the all-star game determined home field in the World Series. Like, it was something like, it was sort of like that. If you happen to be there on an odd year, then it was the, the East. And if you're there on an even year, it was the West. So let me tell you about game one against the Padres, okay? Hmm. Cubs kicked the fucking living shit out of the team. And it felt like we were just going to route the whole series 13 to nothing. Rick Sutcliffe hit a home run in this game. You know, I mean, it was insane. Bobby Gurnier let off the series with a home run, which didn't have, and the Cubs did not have another leadoff postseason home run till Dexter Fowler game seven. Really? 
That's a fa- that's a fascinating fact. Um, they won game two, four to two, a little bit more surgical, and then they lost three straight in San Diego when when the game went back there. But I I kind of want to show you, Crawley. You turned us on to a video that you're actually a part of. Yeah. And uh, first, I want to kind of illustrate to you what a uh, couple people, including Crawley, uh, back in what year was this? Two thousand six. 2006, HBO did a documentary called Wait Till Next Year, The Saga of the Chicago Cubs. And for whatever reason, it's a great documentary. HBO has completely buried it. I have HBO Max. I've looked. I've contacted them. No one will get back to me to explain why I can't watch this goddamn documentary. (laughs) You're like, why aren't you showing me on HBO, you idiots? I have money. My face. Have you seen this face? Right. Right. He heard HBO Max was coming. He's like, that's the Crawley channel, baby. (laughs) I'm on IMDb, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) As himself. I am. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so am I, but it, not as myself as a court clerk on Law and Order. I'd, I'd rather Wait, have your job. Are you on there as uh, Paul John? I, yeah. I never know how to say your name, Paul John, as Crawley. No, nope, like playing Crawley, or as oh, himself. it's as himself. Yeah. Okay, because you have another. Because it also says teacher on the thing when you're watching the the episode. Yeah. So I didn't know what your uh, your character name was. All right, no. so check it out. Here's 1984. Here's Crawley and uh, talking about that special year. We hadn't had this much fun since the summer of 69. Thousands of fans went to Pittsburgh to see the Cubs clinch nice. the division in person. <laughs> the rest of us were glued to the TV. I was only eight, and my brother was four, and my mom put us to bed, and my dad, right before the ninth inning, runs upstairs to wake us up. And my mom says, don't wake them up, they have school tomorrow. And my dad was born in 1946, so he had never seen a Cubs in a a postseason. And he said, I've waited my whole life for this. This may be the only time the boys see it. I'll be damned if I'm not going to wake them up. Meanwhile, back in Chicago, we celebrated late into the night. And man, we couldn't wait to take on those Padres. Yeah, great job. First of all, that uh, I think yeah. that that spoke for a lot of people of like that magic of that year. I remember staying up and watching that because I was a little older than you. I was I was allowed to be up. I was not in bed yet. And uh, yeah, when they clinched that thing in Pittsburgh, man, that was so si- exciting. And I remember watching the locker room celebration and all that stuff. And like, I just really felt like uh, we were gonna, we were going to do something magical. And then you watch though, Jim Fry hit his hat. So, because in a previous postseason, someone stole his hat. Like, the fans used to run onto the field and shit. Mm-hmm. So, he, that's why you saw him take his hat off and hide it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the thing about your mom yelling about you at school. Because I remember after game seven, I took my kids in at, like, noon. And the, ex- <laughs> and the excuse, I walked in there fucking all hung over. And I was like, game seven, bitch. Like, that's the excuse. <laughs> Here are my kids. Take care of them for the rest of the next three days, please. I'm a raging hangover. They're all yours now. <laughs> so then the Cubs – and now here's the heartbreak. But here's the why you got to hate the Padres. Like, because then the Cubs went to San Diego, and everything unraveled. Okay, it unraveled. Hardcore and mostly around a big, freaking terrible person, human womanizing, baby having all over the place, dickhead, John Burt Society cocksucker named Steve Garvey. So check this out. It only got worse. In game four, our torment came at the hands of a single padre. I hate Steve Garvey. I, I really do. I hate Steve Garvey. Oh, 
the devil incarnate. To this day, I can't even say the name Steve Garvey without cringing somewhat. I hate Steve Garvey and those yellow and brown idiots. Through the first eight innings, Garvey went three for four and drove in three runs. He was the last person we wanted to see come up with the score tied in the bottom of the ninth. A long drive, he breaks on the way back. It might be a good play. Garvey did it again. Sure enough, one swing of the bat, and we're seeing Billy Goats and Black Cats all over again. I remember Steve Garvey running around with his hand up like this, the number six on his back, and it made me want to puke. He did the right arm salute, which I didn't care for. I mean, what's he doing? Some old dude who's done, who's washed up, now he's on the Padres, and he's ruining our stuff. My son's godfather beats us. Steve Garvey, how much more torture can one man take? That's what it's like being a Cub fan. When you're a Red Sox fan, you hate the Yankees. I hate the Padres. Yeah, I and uh, so the Cubs, just so you know, in that they kind of got their ass kicked in Game Three. It was like seven to one or something like that. And then it was Game Four that they managed to battle back. The Cubs were winning three to two, and then the Padres tied it and scored two in the seventh. The Cubs scored two in the eighth to tie it at five. Steve Garvey off of Lee Smith, you know, who was basically in his like 83rd appearance that year <laughs> or something like that, probably. Right, uh, right. In all two, three inning appearances. Yeah, exactly. Was it wasn't one inning. Yeah, comes in and, uh, and Steve Garvey hits the home run, wins that, and now it's all tied up. And the Cubs were actually winning game five and, and, um, well, then they weren't winning game five and, uh, they were winning. At the beginning of the game, and and really the the well, I'll just show you the tape. Here's what happened: Cliff on the mound, Jody Davis with a big hit. They got the lead. Things are looking good, but of course the Padres start closing in. And well, they closed in because of a Leon Durham error, which before Bill Buckner had those, that ball go through his legs. No, uh, no, no. They they, they closed they closed in beforehand. It they was closed the in, but the error put the nail in the coffin. So just right, ground ball hit to Leon. Sorry, you were gonna say something. Oh, I was, I was just going to say the difference between Chicago fans and Boston fans is that Leon Durham, uh, did not get run out of town on a rail. He didn't have to move to like Montana or some shit. Right. Yeah. Cause there were, he wasn't the only one at fault. I mean, in that case, Bill Buckner was the only person. At fault. <laughs> so it really was totally his fault. They would have won the world series if he had fielded that ground. Yeah, ball not, not Bill Buckner's fault. The coach's fault. Bill Buckner's knees were for shit at that point. He shouldn't have been out there. Right. No. A ground ball hit to Leon Durham, who did not miss a single ground ball the entire season. Good pass. Ground ball. Oh! Good goddamn form, though. Like, he's down on a knee, doing it how he's supposed to do it. Another year, it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's not like he was standing up and just leaning and did something stupid. Yeah, it did go right through the wickets, though. I mean, they and, and then they just kept scoring, and they poured it on. The Cubs, Cubs had a bit of a fake... Cubs had a bit of a fake rally in the ninth, in the ninth, and they had a man on. And actually, the the final out was uh, was a force out at second base. So Raymond Aid puts it is, is the the legendary story is the Gatorade glove. 
that in between innings, somebody knocked Gatorade on Leon Durham's glove. They, they, they just spilled a bunch of Gatorade on it. And then Durham, you know, sticky glove and, and just wasn't comfortable. He was messing with it. And it just kind of didn't feel right before it happened. And that's the way the story goes. But, uh, so we that were- broke my heart. I, I cried. And I, it was my first real baseball heartbreak. Um, in fact, like I felt like it prepared me for years of being a Cubs fan, prepared me for your 89. That was five years later. And I was 14. I was like, oh, in fact, it gave me the pessimism that something it, it was my introduction to the goat idea to the 69. Like I felt now a kinship with those people because I had a similar heartbreak to be up two games to nothing after kicking the crap out of the team, 13 to nothing. You figure like my 10 year old brain is like, this team is ordained as champions. They would have faced the tigers. By the way, the Padres didn't even put up a fight against the no. tigers. They lost four games to one. So yeah, and for me, like the, the Tigers were my dad's team and that was going to be a thing. And like he introduced me to baseball and like, you know, I just had such expectations that were just dashed in three days in San Diego. So I did ask on the ranchers. <laughs> Danny's new one man play three days in San Diego. Three days. Oh, no, that's, that's a different play. I got a different play. But well, actually, I have I could give you three distinctly different days in San Diego. Uh, on three, that would be much more fun would be, than yeah, the Cubs. Then you could actually see some. But let let me give you some. Uh, I got some TFCs here from some. Uh, first of all, I want to put this up from Jayski twenty two. In 2014, he wrote in a blog called The Hate Files that I guess he started. This is on Twitter, Jayski22. Uh, this is kind of long, but he's like, this is it's his inaugural entry into this hate files is about, let me just start. Let's step into the time machine and head back to 1984. I was eight years old at the time. So Steve Garvey is his first hate. And he goes, Steve Garvey, when I say the name, I get a headache. I think I was crying when he rounded the bases after hitting that two-run walk-off game-winning home run off Lee Smith in the bottom ninth game four, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on about, you know, rounding the bases with his big freaking gorilla arm. And then he goes into the first devastating loss that I ever experienced. He represents the first heartbreak. I hate Steve Garvey for that. I hate him this day. That was supposed to be the year. It was supposed to be Cubs-Tigers matchup in the World Series that year, blah, blah, blah. And I totally agree with all that. And I think so many of us, Feel that. So to see everybody being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really a fan of, uh, you know, I'm still a fan of you, Darvish. So I'm kind of a Padre stand now. Like it kind of like if you guys root for root, you Darvish, when we face him this year, I'm going to be a little pissed at you. That's right. all I'm saying. Like and, and, and he's we've not talked on the team and, anymore. He's gone. When we had, when it's we a had, long time to throw. When we had Matt Caesar on the show, uh, you know, he's a great guy and he's a 2016 Cub. But when he was on the Cardinals, I, I, I texted him. I said, hey. Best of luck to you, except when you face the Cubs. Yeah. And again, and, and, and again, specifically, this is my team right here, man. I wear this shit on my sleeve. Dude, I'm right? going to troll well, Caesar and left. He, you know he's going to be out left. I'm going to be like, your art sucks. I'm just going to be like the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Andy Warhol, turn around. You know, oh, I'm man, sorry. He's gonna hate you, me. Don't get, you don't get to choose. I guess this is just my opinion, but I know I was taught that you live or die with your team. You don't get to choose and be like, oh, that team looks really good. I'm going to cheer for them. That's the definition of a fucking well, bandwagon. You can do that, but just take all the consequences that go with that, which is me right. calling you a fair weather fan bandwagon, and, uh, bandwagon ridiculing your ass all the time. So, um, <laughs> so 
let me get into one more thing about why you should hate the Padres, and then we'll we'll end the show with some TFCs. Is that um, there was this one moment, and this happened later. My favorite player growing up was uh, Andre Dawson, and in 1987, Eric Shaw. As I said, John Birch Society, just like not a good person, hated around the league, known as a villain. Definitely, we talked about a couple weeks ago about the heel. Uh, that that was Eric Shaw of the time. Check out what he did to Andre Dawson on purpose. Coming into this year, Dawson just had not done much at all against this fellow. A lifetime average of 091, three out of 33. Look out! The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by our fabulous 98 Patreon subscribers that pledge at least a dollar a month to us to keep this show on the air. Uh, some of you guys don't know this, but this ad-ridden version of the Sun Ranto Show only pays us about a penny per download. So it takes 100 people downloading the show to make a dollar. Um, that sucks, and it's not enough to keep this show on the air. So that's why we ask you to become a Patreon supporter, and you get stuff in return. You go to patreon.com slash sunranto. You sign up for a dollar a month. You can pay all at once. It's like 10 bucks for the year. And uh, you get our RSS feed, which is for patrons only. And uh, in there, you can, well, you paste that into any podcatcher, you know, your, your Apple podcast or, or whatever you use, Stitcher. And what you do is you paste that in there and you never hear ads again. And you get the show early. As soon as I'm done, I post it. And because I don't have to do things like put extra ads in it to try to make a penny per download. So why don't you go to patreon.com slash sunranto and become a patron of the Sunranto show and help us out before this year starts. Uh, you get access to the preview episodes. You get access to our show notes. It's early and ad free. You can get the music. You can get a calendar. Uh, and you'll be helping the Lost Boys uh, because we give 10% of everything we make at uh, Patreon to the Lost Boys uh, baseball program and uh, down uh, south of Chicago uh, where we're helping kids play baseball. So uh, if you would buy each one of us a beer, that's $3 a month. Just come on now. Help us out at the Sunranto show. We need your support. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Get it done. Back to the show. So look that up because there's a benches clearing brawl that happens slightly after that. And then Dawson, after getting knocked on his ass, gets up and goes looking for Shao like a madman. It was insane. Uh, look that up on YouTube. It is. It looks frightening. Rick Sutcliffe was going to beat the living shit out of Shaw. It took like 20 guys to get Sutcliffe away from him. And then Sut goes over to Dawson, and Dawson looks like he's out unconscious. And you see Rick kneel down, and he whispered. I don't know what he whispered. But he's like, get Shaw. Get Shaw. Dawson shoots out like a motherfucking cannon right <laughs> he at whispered, He whispered he talked shit about your mama, too. And <laughs> then all of a sudden it gets to be crazy. And, and it was to the point that the umpires – Grab Shaw and we're just like get the fuck out of here. There's going to be a riot. Like they, they had thought to- the fans were going to come out. It was get- we hated him that much though. We hated him from '84, and this is three years later. And it was like July seventh, like Fourth of July weekend is a hot day. Like people were heated, and to hit our, I mean, that was Dawson's MVP year, or was that '87 yeah. or '88 that that, that no, was '87 was MVP. Yeah, no, but the year he got hit, I thought that was '87 oh. as well, but. My- so, anyway, he got stitches on his face. And, uh, well, anyway, we're, 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 
We're facing the Padres. There's a story, and it's really great, and I'm sorry to interrupt with this story, but this is a really good fucking story. It's one of my favorites, okay? True story that people don't realize is find out who the starter of that game was next to, against Shaw. Anyone know? The answer was a young Greg Maddox who was doing mediocre that season. and His rookie year. Yes. And so what, they, what Maddox was told – by management was, look, you better go out there and you better get a win or you're going back to Iowa. And a that win. happened. Huh? A win. Better get a win. I don't care how you pitch. Like, just you, with a, the team better win, otherwise you're going home. And basically, he better show something that day that shows, you know what I mean, really good performance or else he was going back. And what happened is that, that whole fight with Dawson happens. And guess who the pitcher is? It's Maddox. And so Sutcliffe gets thrown out of the game for going after Sean, all this shit. And Maddox grabs Maddox by the jersey and says, finish the game, then plunk the motherfuckers, okay? And Maddox looks at Sutcliffe and says, I'm throwing at the next motherfucker that comes right up. And uh, and Sutcliffe says, no, it's cool. Just just wait an inning, get the win, then, then do what you got to do. Maddox says, I am going to hit the next motherfucker to come up. <laughs> Maddox hits him, gets tossed, and then goes back to Iowa. But guess what? Sutcliffe said when they called him back up, he wasn't a rookie anymore. He was a veteran. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's a great story. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad we're going to go well over three hours for this show because of all the stories we'll never stop telling. Um, well, yeah. we uh, Now, there's a lot we did not even include. Uh, in the script because obviously this show cannot do an hour-long show, but we are butting up against an actual Cubs game where we're facing the Padres. So why don't I put up tonight's lineup because it is a humdinger of a ding-hummer. Varsity um, lineup. Ian, now this is this is how they're going to pencil it in. Like This is like the 84 Cubs. I think that David Ross is going to operate a little bit more like this. I think you're going to see this lineup every day. Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson, Javi Baez, Jason Hayward, Nico Horner, Kyle Hendricks is hitting tonight because uh, because uh, there's no DH this year. Because the fucking National League is the best right. league that we have. Yes. Correct. And then the Padres are going to go out there with Tommy Pham, ex-Cardinal, boo, he sucks. Jake Cronenworth, because that sounds like a caveman name. Manny Machado, overrated. Will Myers, way overrated and overpaid. Jerickson Profar. Uh, Jer- He's a jerk, and it's right there in his name. Luis Camposano, never heard of you. Ha Song Kim, I'm, I never heard of him. C.J. Abrams, never heard of you, and he's the shortstop. And Chris Paddock, um, who uh, looks like a caveman as Jim, well. Kim is somebody that you want to watch. He's somebody that a uh, Korean player that's supposedly going to be making the next big leap over here. So it's just something if you're watching tonight to be a pay, paying attention to him. Yeah, well, I hope he sucks and I hope he fails. And I and I actually hope this whole pot Padres thing where they're like, oh, I, you know, we're the Padres. We're going to spend money on everybody. We're going to trade all our prospects for you, Darvish, and then we're going to get Blake Snell too. And we're just going to like buy it all. And we're going to be, we're going to pretend they're the Dodgers with their nice weather and their stupid priest uh, mascot and all that garbage that they do. I hope it fails. I hope San Diego is sad and all their fans. Uh, have to face uh, what failure felt like because it, to have it all there in their hands and still lose the West is what I want for that fan base. I'm just saying that's how far my hatred goes. I will not give up the chip on my shoulder. Fuck the Padres forever and ever. And I know a lot of you feel that way. A lot of you wrote in 
Uh, I'm just going to put a couple up real quick. Uh, you hate Steve Kent Ryan, hate Steve Garvey, the wave. We didn't even talk about that. They made up the wave. Uh, Stup- yep. Stupid thing that's to do. Why, that's why there's no wave at Wrigley. That's the rule because that, of those fuckers. That's why. Yeah, here's a little history lesson. No wave. Steve Garvey, yeah, fuck him. The San Diego chicken, fuck the chicken. He ruined the baseball bunch for me because he was a San Diego guy. Uh, I like this. Uh, Dominic Gallo says the grandfather called them the poopy Padres because of their gross uniform. Uh, you got uh, uh, Dane Neal. Works over at WGN. He's a, one of the one of the uh, DJs over there. He says they have fast food uniform colors. Chicken <laughs> mascot, enviably unfair, enviable unfairly awesome weather, and Steve Garvey probably still unfairly tan or handsome or something. It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> uh, Garvey's forearms and baby mamas. Yeah, he's a woman. He was like the butt of every late night joke on Johnny Carson show tonight show about he had gotten a lot of trouble because he had baby mamas all over the place. Um, stupid, hairy ape arms. Uh, John Burt Society. Look that up if you don't know what that is. Brown and yellow 1984 ass bags from Mike Angles. Uh, yeah. So, you know, those of us that were there, you've got to at least respect our hatred, just like we respected hating the Mets. <laughs> of 69 because right. I was negative five in 1969 and I respected that I was supposed to hate the Mets. Okay. My dad, my dad hated the Mets. Than, my dad hated the Mets more than the Cardinals being a, going to all those games in 69. Nice. But um, yeah. Nice. He, he so uh, announcements, a couple of things. I want to do some get well uh, soon. Uh, Brett Taylor and Cardinals fan Dennis. Uh, sick with COVID right now. Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation. Dennis, Cardinals fan, coming on the show a lot. Uh, I've been texting with Dennis. He's got a terrible headache. He's been feeling like shit. Kind of went through his apartment. You know, just this thing's still here. Keep being careful. I know that the numbers are down, but guess what? It, it's still a fucking nasty ass bug. And Dennis will come on here 20 pounds lighter and show you all how nasty that shit was. Um, so get well soon. And also, Rhino Shepherdson. A uh, friend of the show, uh, old friend of mine, uh, his son has blood cancer and he's going through treatments at Cleveland Clinic. So, you know, if, if I'm not a praying man, but if, you you know, positive vibes, whatever you got to do, you know, if you see Matt or, or see him on Facebook, whatever, just like, you know, send a nice message to them. Um, Lost Boys, uh, we're doing the uh, the tournaments the NCAA bracket tournament. I still haven't filled out my bracket yet. Uh, I know, Michael, you you got in this thing. Uh, have you filled out oh, your bracket? Yeah, I filled out the bracket, and I'm pretty sure it's every single game is correct. <laughs> well, 100%. All the games. I nailed it. Here is a post, and I'm dropping a link. Oh, I'm dropping a link in the chat. And uh, all you got to do is uh, click on that link and you'll get all the information on how you can participate. It involves Venmoing me $25 and then filling out a bracket in on a CBS website. I'd also like to wish a happy anniversary to my good friend, Corey Finneran and Andy Round, who I met. And then there's Chris, Chris Potter's stupid leprechaun face in the background <laughs> of this picture. But uh, we, here, here we are. Uh, at spring training, uh, 2014, and I got this picture hanging up uh, right over to my left here, and that's me, Corey Finneran, and Andrew Round, and of course Chris Bonner's big leprechaun Notre Dame face on St. Patty's Day at a spring training game, and boy did we have fun. So uh, you know, miss those guys. They had a great Cubs podcast. If you never got a chance to hear it, uh, you should. And uh, 
pretty soon. I was hoping to have it by tonight's show. I don't have it. Bleacher Bump Band is playing opening day. We can only get like 30 people in the back room because of COVID social distancing rules. And check out this awesome graphic, though. The Bleacher Bump Band. We got, uh, it looks like a Sesame Street. Let me describe awesome. it real quick. I um, love it. Yeah, the uh, one of the guys that does uh, one of the big music festivals in Chicago is friends with Bleacher Jeff, this guy, Dan Wade. He's he's the artist behind this. And what it is, is uh, Cluck the Cub coming out of uh, Oscar the Grouch's garbage can on, with a Sesame Street kind of uh, street sign logo that says the Bleacher Bum Band post game 4-1 April 1st, G-Man Tavern, Chicago, 21 and up. And then you got a little old style can, a Cubs hat, and a bottle of Malort and the Chicago flag with a sign in the background that says there's no fighting in the bleachers. It's an excellent logo. And there will only be 30 tickets available. It's going to go out to Patreon subscribers first with a code that is SPACOG. And, but it's only going to Patreon subscribers first, that link. So, uh, just so you know. And, uh, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, there's a new rabbit hole out from Michael Cotton. So, let's yeah, and to that uh, podcast and Monday there will be a new one. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the third inning will hit Monday. Yeah, I enjoy that show. I listened today about uh, kind of the Michael just kind of follows one idea around the internet, and it's uh, it's entertaining because it's it's great for people with short attention spans. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now we're now where are we? Oh, now we're talking about eighteen sixty two and like. That the Reds weren't the really the Reds anymore, and you know there's like three versions of the Reds. And yeah, you know. I got a little confused about that. Yeah, I'm going to get into some animals on the next one, and there's probably in in 16 minutes, I think there's eight stories. So the other thing I want to say is I have made uh, because it's going to get a little confusing here is that we're going to be doing also as Patreon only, we're going to be doing the uh, uh, preview shows again, like we used to only for Patreon subscribers. We're still going to be recording these podcasts live so you can tune in, but they're going to be at random times when we can get people to go on as opposed to our regular show. So I'm going to drop a Google calendar in the link, the next show, and you can subscribe to that and know when all of our shows are. Uh, just dropped a link uh, of our calendar so you can subscribe to that. And then, uh, it, uh, but it's going to be Friday. We got the first one. We're going to preview the Cubs Brewers series on Friday with Eric Wheelow at 3 p.m. Wheelow, Wheelow. So, um, you guys got TFCs and uh, games started. So we should I, probably just, this. I just have, I was going to do it just for the Patreons, but I'm going to do it for everybody. I'm giving you. My bracket, so you can see it and copy it and win. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the giant bracket that is it's that is scrawled on it. Baseball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Jokes, but I still like it. Well, yeah. I don't know anything about basketball. I just copied off Luis. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, Find I, copied, I copied off Luis Medina. So uh, here's. I do you got anything, Michael? Yeah, I've got a couple. All right. Shoot. So, okay, here's the first one. This is based on the documentary that we saw clips from today. Uh, in the comments on YouTube, uh, Matt Evans says, The curse still lives, 110 years and counting. Sigh. Being a Cubs fan is tough. And then Courtney Gibson, uh, Matthew Evans, what curse? It's done. Nope. Fake news, says Matt. Lone Star. You're a special kind of stupid, aren't you? 
Due to Google search tells you the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, what kind of conspiracy theory are you running on? <laughs> Matt Evans, ha, 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 relax. I know they won. I was just joking around. I wanted to see if people would notice my comment, and I guess people did. There's no curse anymore. And I just thought that was an amazing little troll because those fucking idiots bit hard. <laughs> well, I like at the end, he said, life is normal now. And, oh, it, right. was, and it was exactly one year ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then life got real not normal. <laughs> So, okay, yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to start with this one. Uh Governor Pete Ricketts of Nebraska, also Cubs owner, said if you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's what the data shows from around the country. And that's why it's dangerous to go around the established process. So, yeah. uh oh yeah, my yeah. god. Fuck you, Pete Ricketts. Just fuck you with a chainsaw. I hate you. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Okay, you here's no, I oh. gave you my bracket. Okay, here's my here's my second one. This is in bad taste, but I had to put it in there. Uh, we're going to put this down to uh, just, you know, wording, people. Wording. HG12 says, is the blind guy still alive? Did he finally see them win? Well, if he's blind, uh, he never yeah, saw it. No, I don't think he saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of whether he was alive or not, he just... It wasn't going to be for him to see. So I have uh, this one's kind of a visual one. So I apologize to the uh, the uh, listeners of the show right now. But you might be able to gauge how funny this photo is by me putting it up and making everybody else laugh. It took me a minute. It does take a minute because Wade Mesmer's got a new Facebook page, which is awesome. Everybody should join it and be a part of it. But are those tuxedo frills down the I, front of that I'm blue blazer? I'm not sure blazer? what's going on with though. I think it's his microphone. I hope that's his okay. microphone because it actually looks like Adel beads. But <laughs> but I'm just saying. But, with uh, an extra three inches. Some kid drew a picture of Wade Mesmer and the face in the face. It looks just like him, but in the, in the picture itself, it looks like he's basically wearing anal beads on his chest and then he's got his hands down his pants. So I just kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> I didn't even notice the hands down the pants, but you're right. Yeah. He looks he's like he's got, got his hands. Down he's, his pants. Yeah, he's got, he's got in one hand, he's got anal beads that he's about to blow. And in the other hand, he, he's, it's down his pants. So that's just what I noticed in here. But I've got a dirty mind. So, um, so hey, we, you guys, we managed to only go seven minutes into the game or something like that. Not too bad. Of the of the stupid brown poop stained, pee stained Padres scored any runs yet? Tommy Fan with a single and Machado single, two on, two outs. Will Myers just struck out swinging. Uh, somebody put the fucking shift on these assholes. <laughs> yeah. Position <laughs> yourself better. What the hell? Spring training shift. Pull that's out what your I card. Love. Where's your card? So um, <laughs> I guess that's the show. Uh, so if become a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash Sunranto, you'll get lots of special perks. Um, uh, more perks than being a Cubs season ticket holder, apparently. We found that out tonight. <laughs> that Maybe that I'll really borrow Wayne's anal beads after that one. I really got <laughs> you got, you got Wayne's anal beads. <laughs> That's my side project band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, fountains uh, of Wayne's a- anal beads. Fountains of Wayne's anal beads. So I believe the, <laughs> the, appropriate, uh, the appropriate way to finish this show is probably with a... 
Bukog! Or go Cubs backwards. <laughs> Always good. And a little uh, Rob Manfred hates baseball. So, Spookog. Or Rob Manfred likes opening days in winter. Likes baseball games that don't go on too long. Rob Manfred likes more offense from the hitter. Likes juicing up the ball and hitting dogs. Intentional walks with just a finger. And old umpires are always blowing calls. Likes the National League DH. But one thing Manfred hates. Rob Manfred hates baseball. Sending the ball, dragging forward stitches And half the team's making the playoffs Rob Manfred like pitchers who face three batters And not paying minor leaguers at all Like the catch, don't block the plate But one thing Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball Houston Astros cheat. He likes how ticket prices keep the fans out and Xing teams out of the minor leagues. Rob Manfred's gonna bring us world out of pyres to tell CB Buckner that he's been wrong. He likes putting money in the bank, but one thing Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.